you're back on Behind the Gloves with another interview. I'm joined by the one and only Dalton Smith. Dalton, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Four fights this year, like you said in the beginning, when, uh, when you turn pro, you want to get out as much as you can. Within these four fights, uh, what's the most memorable moment for you this year? I'd probably say my debut, you know, it's something like you dream of from a kid and for it to finally happen and, you know, being under matchroom on, on like the biggest stage, you know, it, it was a dream come true, so I'd probably say my debut this year. Obviously you fought a bit more local last time, uh, Katie Taylor card, what was the experience like that, uh, fighting on her undercard? Yeah, like you say, I, every, mo most of my fights this year, they've been on big cards, so to, 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 be, to be on the same cards as these big names, you know, it's some people I look up to and... You know, I, I'm learning from watching those and, you know, it's all an experience being on these big shows. Obviously, you're here today uh, at this workout with your uh, teammate, Sonny Edwards. Uh, your dad's let you do the pads for, for a change. Is that, uh, is that a future motive, mate? I'd say I always try and help out in the gym and stuff. So, you know, the, the, the roles have changed today. I'm, I'm, I'm here as a coach, so, yeah. Talking about Sonny's fight, obviously he's fine for the British against Marcel Braithwaite. Uh, possibly his hardest test today. Um, Obviously, you won't be reviewing Marcel, but you will know of him enough. Uh, how do you see that fight playing out? Yeah, like Marcel's a very good fighter. You know, he, he wouldn't be in the position he's in now if he wasn't a good fighter. But, you know, I think everyone knows Sonny's got that style where after a couple of rounds, he can suss any style out and he'll get anybody problems. But, you know, I just feel Marcel, Marcel, the later the fight goes, it'll play into Sonny's hands more. And, you know, I think, I think Sonny will find it comfortable after a couple of rounds. His brother Charlie's obviously back in the gym as well after his last fight. Um, a lot of controversy after that last fight, not only on the night, but obviously the findings afterwards. How's he been looking? Obviously, um, there's talks of him moving up now. How's he looking back into the gym? I said Charlie's been away on holidays and stuff and, you know, been training in Marbella just to get back into things. But, you know, everyone knows Charlie's mentality is strong and he'll come back stronger at a new weight now. Um, so, yeah, and I believe he's got other world titles in him at different weights so who knows will the future is um, we'll find out in the future just moving on now uh, next week we go to the biggest card of the year uh, a lot of heavyweights on the card but obviously the main event is what everyone is talking about Anthony Joshua against Andrew Ruiz um, first of all break us down how do you think obviously Anthony a former teammate of yours how do you see the fight playing out this time around like like we all want AJ to bring them titles back but you look at Andy Ruiz, he looks like he's lost even more weight for this fight, so who knows, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying AJ does it and I believe he will. Do you think it's possible for someone to just have that number? Like Andy just looked so comfortable after, after that, even after he got knocked out. Do you think it's possible that he could literally just have his number? Yeah, like every fighter's got that bogey style who just doesn't suit him. You know, you look at Price when he boxed, um, it was a guy who we, we lost to twice. Um, Price, Price, I forgot his name now. The American guy. You know, I forgot his name now. But like I say, everyone's got a bogey style, what doesn't suit him. So, you know, maybe Ruiz is AJ's bogey man. But, you know, we'll find out next week. But, you know, I hope he brings it back. Someone was, uh, someone AJ was chasing for a long time. Uh, we obviously don't know exactly why it didn't happen. Was Deontay Wilder. He fought last week. Uh, in my card, he was losing the whole fight until that one very moment. Is... A lot of purists say that he doesn't have the skills, he just, just has the power. Is that, is that fair to say now? Because it's like he breaks the opponent down by just watching him and then letting his bombs go. What, what do you review of his style? Like you look at Wilder and you think, you know, he's raw. He hasn't got much um, ability to his boxing, but, you know, he's, he KOs people, people for the fun. And, you know, he must be able to punch hard. He's not the... He doesn't just knock them out, you know, he, lay, he lays them out when they can't get up, so it must be a devastating puncher, but I believe Fury and AJ, they're better boxers, boxers than Wilder, but it's just if he, if he lands. 
That is true. But anyway, Dalton, appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much, man. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here or else. This is Antiparov Boxing Social Association with Ben Friend. I'm delighted to be joined by Dalton Smith at, here in Birmingham. Sonia Edwards Open Workout. But firstly, Dalton, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Yourself? I'm all good, thanks. Obviously, good to hear you're doing well yourself. Now, you've taken over from duties from your old man, Grant, today. Where is it? Roles have changed today. He's, I think he's got an appointment for his back or something. So um, he says, oh, can I come down and help Sonia out in here? So I said, yeah. Obviously, you've come down today to help Sonia out. But with regards to his camp itself, how has Sonia been looking? Oh, Sonny's always looking good, you know. I think, I think Sonny, you can catch him out, out of camp and he'll, you'll see him sparring and you think, he's, you, know, you think he's ready for a fight. So, yeah, he's looking good. He's obviously moving back up to super flyweight to fight for that vacant British title against Marcel Braithwaite. Just talked about that fight and what are your thoughts on it and Sonny's chance to fight for a British title finally? Yeah, well, well Sonny's been chasing that British title fight for a long time now and he's, you know, he's finally got someone who, um, to fight. But, you know, Marcel's a great fighter. You know, he's in a position because because of his talent and how much he can fight. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good fight. But I think the later the fight goes on, it'll play into Sonny's hands more. You know, he, everyone who knows Sonny, he can, after a couple of rounds, he sussed more styles out and then he takes over then. What are your thoughts with regards to the progression of Sonny's career? Do you anticipate he'll look to stick around and maybe win the British outright, provided he was successful against Marcel, that is? Or do you think he'll maybe be looking beyond that? Yeah, like you said, first of all, he's got a job on his hands to win it. Um, maybe he'll win it outright. I'm not sure what Sonny's plans are. But I think Sonny's ability is a lot higher than British. But, you know, it's another step along the way to, you know, one day becoming a world champion like his brother. Um, but, yeah, but if it was me, I'd want to win that British title outright. You know, it's a prestige belt and everybody wants, wants it for keeps. So I'm not, I'm not sure what his plan is, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wants to win it outright. After just to move away from Sonny and on to yourself now, what are you up to? What have you got lined up? Yeah, I've had four fights this year, you know, in the space of five months. So I've been pretty active, which I wanted to be. I've, I've hopefully be next out in February, March time now. So I can have a little bit of time off over Christmas, you know, and I'm looking forward to a big 2020. Obviously, this was your first year as a pro. How have you found it? Have you ad adapting from the amateur style to a professional? Yeah, like you say, it's a, big, it's a big change. But I had the World Series of Boxing behind me, so I'd, I'd already got that platform there. Um, but, you know, it's a totally different ball game. It's more of a business. Um, but, you know, I think I've settled in well. I know it's only early stages in my career, but, you know, I'm going to take my time, listen to my team and, you know, hopefully get them big fights um, next year. What are your plans for next year? What have your early discussions with Eddie kind of indicated to you? Well, most important, it's just about staying active, you know, climbing up the ranks. You know, I'm only 22 at the minute, so I've got time, time on my side. And, you know, as long as I'm taking the right fights and, you know, progressing along the way, eventually those big fights will come. Sorry, so move away from yourself and your gym. Just get your thoughts on a couple of the fights. Uh, this past weekend, Deontay Wilder stopping Lewis Ortiz in the seventh round. What was your thoughts on his victory? I've not seen a full fight. I've just seen the knockout. You know, it's like any other Deontay Wilder's knockout. You know, once he hits him, you know, he's lights out. Okay, so if you didn't watch a fight, I won't stick around. Did you watch the Smith Ryder fight at all? I watched the Smith Ryder fight. A very good fight. You know, Ryder put in a one hell of a fight. You don't know, both of them did. In, to be honest, I thought Smith would have got him out there around four or five, but. You know, I don't think Callum looked himself in there, but you know, that's not taking anything away from Ryder. He put one hell of a fight in, and it was very close. I think it could have gone either way. I was out in Vegas, so I couldn't watch what I was watching. I was covering the Wilder Ortiz fight. When I was looking over social media, a lot of fans were kind of 
torn between who would who had won the fight, but a lot more from my feed kind of suggested maybe John Ryder had won. What was your thoughts on the victor? Do would you think it would have been right if John had won? I don't think you could have complained if Ryder got it. You know, it would have been a draw. But in my opinion, I thought it was very close. I just think Callum got the cleaner work off and the, the cleaner shots was landing. You know, Ryder was just sitting on his chest and working. I just think the more cleaner work was coming from Callum. You know, the more classier shots. And if I had to choose, I'd have had Callum by maybe one, two rounds max. And then obviously, just a matter of just over a week now, we're away from the Ruiz Joshua two fight out in Saudi Arabia. Dalton, what are your thoughts on that one? You know, like, I keep saying that like, every, every fighter's got that bogey style, apart from Lomachenko. <laughs> I think every fighter's got that bogey style, which just doesn't suit them. And, you know, maybe Ruiz is AJ's bogey style, but I, I just think he didn't see myself in the last fight. And, you know, I'm hoping and praying he brings the titles back, and I've got full confidence in him doing that. You know, I, I believe he's one of the best heavyweights out there. And, you know, I hope he brings it back to the UK. Well, don't speak, I'll leave it there because I know Sonny's going to be a busy man now. So appreciate your time. Thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Associate. Yeah, thank you. Andrew McCart, IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here with Cecilia Breakhouse in beautiful Monte Carlo. Have uh, you ever been before to this place? No, never. And Are it you? is absolutely amazing. It's beautiful, it is isn't it? it's breathtaking. Well let's talk about you've got a huge fight yourself on Saturday night against Bustos. I mean what do you know about Bustos going into this fight? Do you know much? Have you seen much of her going into this? Oh yeah, I know her well. You know, she's a former world champion and uh, she's fought the likes of Katie Taylor, mm -hmm. um, Erika Farias, and she's um, uh, I also well known with Argentinian fighters. They always in shape. They mm -hmm. always deliver. So uh, I know it's not going to be an easy fight on Saturday, but I'm here to definitely make a statement and to win. You said you, you said in the press conference also that you're here to make a statement. You just said it there just now. Is making a statement getting a stoppage stopping somebody like Bustos? Because Katie Taylor went the, uh, the, the, distance. the distance with her, so are you here to make a statement by getting a stoppage against Bustos on Saturday night? I definitely think that would be uh, a good statement, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we expect it? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm in great shape. I've been four months up in the Heights with, in Big Bear with my coach, mm -hmm. my new coach, Abel. Um, and, uh, you know, I think um, training with Abel, being in the Heights and, and having a great group of boxers around me, that's just taking me to a different level. And that's why I feel so confident. Let's talk about women's boxing. I mean, you are the first lady. It's, everyone knows who the first lady is, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but right now at the moment, I mean, women's boxing is flying. Like your co-main event on Sky Sports in the UK, the zone in the US. When you first started off in your professional debut, did you ever expect to see this? <laughs> well, when I first started out, I think it was pretty different. We we wasn't even allowed in Olympics. Mm. You know, when I started out, the door was shut for us there. Mm. So being able to actually being a part of both these worlds then and now it's kind of humbling because you see the girls who is coming now they don't know how it was you know 10 years ago how tough it was and how we fought to be where we are so i think it's even for us now to experience this the one who has not been so lucky in the past 
when we started and was able to participate in Olympics. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's sweeter, even sweeter for us. We can enjoy it much better because we know how it was at one time. Definitely. Well, right now at the moment, the, the household names of women's boxers is Katie Taylor, yeah. Katie Taylor and uh, Clarissa Shields. Yeah. I was out with Man in Manchester last month with Eddie Hearn and Eddie Hearn was talking about potential opponents for Katie Taylor and your name came up. I mean, but you are at well, wait, Katie's probably best fights are at lightweight. Could you meet in the middle somewhere if you ever fought something like Katie Taylor? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. She just went up one uh, weight division now. Right, yeah. And you know, I'm a small welterweight, so I don't have a problem with that. Is 140 easy for you to make? I mean, you are up in Big Bear now, so maybe the, the high altitude, and <laughs> low oxygen might help. Well, I mean like, uh, it, uh, this is all part of negotiations, mm. and I. but I'm definitely open for going down to meet Katie Taylor. That would, I know a lot of promoter and manager and fighters talking about the biggest women fight. This is the biggest women fight. You and Katie? Yes, without any comparison. Would you fight Katie in the UK? Would you like it in the US? I'll fight her anywhere. Yeah. I'll fight her. <laughs> I'll fight her anywhere. That's, that's, that's good for the, the UK fans. That you, you, like, that could be like a, a main event, you and Katie Taylor. Of like, course. Headline of the card. I mean, women's boxing hasn't if, seen that yet. You know what? So. If it would be in, if it would be the main event and if it would be like 30, 40, thousand people you know from England from Norway I, I wouldn't mind wouldn't care where, where it was oh that's music to my ears finally <laughs> before I let you go just this beautiful venue where you're gonna fight on Saturday night what can the fans and attendance, attendance expect from yourself well I I think um, it's just gonna be um, action-packed show from everyone I could just feel it this tension mm. this atmosphere you know this it's buzzing so um, I'm very excited. You've got a spell on your face, so you, you look excited. You definitely <laughs> look excited. Well, Cecilia, thanks for this Fightfield TV. Thank you. And I'll see you at the way in tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It is special. Oh, Absolute dynamite. Oh, my goodness. Here we So Dylan White will face Marius Wack on the AJ Ruiz rematch undercard. Funny enough, they were actually supposed to fight a couple years ago. Some of you guys may remember that. I can't remember why the fight didn't happen. Did one of them pull out injured or something? I think this was back in 2017. One of them pulled out injured. Was it White or, or Wack? I can't remember. But they were supposed to fight previously. But they will finally get in the ring and fight each other on December 7th. Now obviously Marius Wack has seen better days. I think he even retired once or twice. He's seen better days. He's uh, way, way past his best and he was never that good to begin with. All Marius Wack ever was, was a big, strong guy with a tremendous chin. Marius Wack has never been down. He's been stopped a couple times. Povetkin stopped him and Martin Bacoli stopped him, but he's still never been down. So very, very tough chin. Some people are disappointed. They wanted somebody better for Dylan White. And to those people, I would say you were being unrealistic. Yeah, totally unrealistic. Given the relatively short notice between now and the fight, you're not going to get someone who's A-level, you know, to come in and fight Dylan White at that short notice. It's going to be very difficult anyway. Most A-level guys or B-level guys, you know, guys with world title aspirations, they want a, a nice training camp. Unless you're going to pay them millions, 
They want a nice training camp. But of course, this is not a Dylan White show. This is Anthony Joshua's show. Yeah? So Dylan White can't be saying, okay, allocate this amount of the uh, budget of the show to my opponent. He can't do that. It's not his show. <laughs> All right, so short notice, you can't expect anything other than a run out for Dylan White, which is what this Marius Wack fight is. It's target practice, really. Marius Wack is at this point like a, a human heavy bag. <laughs> he's tough. He's tough. He'll stand up to your punch. He also got stopped by Jarrell Miller as well, forgot to mention. He's tough. He'll stand up to your shots, but he's not going to give you, you know, much competition or serious resistance by way of throwing shots back at you, you know. Uh, he'll throw a few punches here and there, but he doesn't have the desire anymore that he used to have, doesn't have the energy, doesn't have the youth. So it is what it is. It's a run out for Dylan White to see whether he can actually stop this guy to get himself back in the swing of things. There's still this controversy and ambiguity surrounding Dylan White's um, UCAD test, which still hasn't been resolved, although he hasn't been suspended by UCAD or the British Boxing border control, so you know maybe he is okay to do what he's doing, but there is ambiguity around that. I'm sure Dylan White is just happy to be back in action again. You know he didn't want to be sitting on the sidelines, basically wasting away. He wanted to get back in the ring and you know doing what he does best and what he loves doing. So yeah, well that, that's what this is all about. It's just a run out for Dylan White. It's not a serious fight, and given the number of tough opponents. Dylan White has fought over the past couple of years. It's actually extraordinary that there are people at complaining about Marius Wack. I mean, look at the amount of gimme fights Deontay Wilder has had as world champion. And those very same people, because it tends to be Wilder fans and you know people like that who complain about matchroom fighters. Dylan White has fought so many tough opponents when he decides to have an easy run out, he gets crucified for it. But yet Deontay Wilder has fought loads of puddings and, and easy opponents as a world champion. And these people criticizing Dylan White have got no problem with Wilder doing that. I mean, the hypocrisy is astounding. So yeah, Dylan White, tough fights. Having an easier one here is okay, as far as I'm concerned, especially on short notice. So it's just a little run out. Um, Will he be able to stop Marius Wack? I don't know. You know, Marius Wack, very good chin. Dylan White's going to have to go to town on him. Now, the, the, the one good thing here for Dylan White, stylistically, is that Marius Wack is slow as a glacier. I mean, he is. <laughs> I, I said that Luis Ortiz was slow, which he is. Which he certainly looked in the Wilder fight much slower than he was several years ago. But compared to Marius Wack, Luis Ortiz is like Perno Whitaker. <laughs> Mar Marius Wack is incredibly slow. And so Dylan White should be able to get to him quite easily with body shots, you know, all kind of different punches and combinations. He's a human heavy bag, Marius Wack. That's what he is. So <laughs> yeah, those are my thoughts on uh, Dylan White versus Wack. Look, he's a big man at the end of the day, Marius Wack, and he still has a puncher's chance. But this is a fight which you would pick Dylan White to win 99 times out of 100. Yeah, it's a run out. It's not supposed to be a dangerous fight for him. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's time and I'm out.
Omar Ahmed, IFL TV, MTK Global, Charlie Edwards, didn't expect to see you here today. Didn't know Sonny was working out. Uh, I didn't until I, I just got back from MTK Marbella. I've been out there training for a month, refocusing and resetting myself. And he told me that he was doing a, a media workout. I think they're just doing it to push it a little bit more, getting more hype behind the show coming up. So, yeah, it was obviously my brother's down here doing a media workout. I'm going to be down here to support. Mm. Marcel Braithwaite said a few words about your brother. Oh, it's going to be, isn't it? It's a British title. It's a massive um, opportunity for Marcel. Um, he hasn't really had no exposure or nothing coming through the ranks as a pro, and it's going to be his career's biggest payday. So um, he's going to be buzzing, and he's going to want to see more nights like these. Um, and I've seen my brother mature a lot and grow grow a lot in these last last year. His mentality's changed massively. Well, in or outside the ring? Both, both in and outside the ring, like. Marcel's been saying what he's been saying about him and trying to like get Sonny think Sonny's just really not bothered no more just let him get on but you see how Sonny was in the build up to some of the other fights and um, he would really give the needle and use the social media and that but now since he's had a kid I don't think he's really bothered he's just all, all systems go and he's down to business he's not here to raise Marcel's profile just because Marcel needs it raised you know so he knows where he's at now he knows that being how he used to be didn't get him any fights so if he's, he's more humble me down to earth and don't bother winding people up so much he'll get the fights because people think it's an easy touch again. Of course he had that domestic dust up with Ryan Frag, but since then it's just been sort of South American after South American nice seeing boxing someone from the UK. Yeah definitely that's where all the, the profiling comes from and um He's been fighting some serious fighters, like who have been in with Jamie Conlon, who would give Jamie a massive tough fight, and um, that's making him and making him a world-level fighter, fighting these tough Mexican, South American fighters. So um, it's good to get the British, a British fighter, because now he's going to shine. And um, I see, I come when I was back this week. I've come down the gym yesterday, watched him spar. He's performing at a very, very high level. He's he's very ready for world world honours and um, this is going to be a stepping stone. I know some people said it's a backwards step going for a British title, but he always always wanted to win a British title, just like every other British fighter. It's one of the most prestigious titles, and it's going to be good to see him win it. I was the last super flyweight British champion when I vacated. It's been vacant a long time, so it's going to be nice to have it back in the family for Christmas. Nice bit of history, that. Yeah. yeah. Charlie, I do want to ask you about Zelani Tete's tweet. Uh, obviously, he fights uh, John Real Casemiro this yeah. Saturday. Uh, do you see the tweet from Zelani? Uh, I haven't seen the tweet. I've seen the little um, video thing. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the video yeah, thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched that. I watched that. Make his um, comments. Fair. Fair. He 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 ain't me at all, and I ain't even me when I boxed Casemiro. So it's fair. I was very naive, young to the sport, and um, I was a, a weak young boy back in the back in the day in um, the Casemiro fight, inexperienced. So he's got every right to say that. Solani Tete is a great fighter, and he didn't say nothing disrespectful. And he said he's not being disrespectful, but he's right what he said. You've openly admitted it as well yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I know Solani Tete. He's um, He's someone I would look up to, do you know what I mean? He's a great fighter, the way he moves and the way he hits. So um, he, he's more experienced, more mature than me. And especially when he's talking about me back then, yeah, I totally agree with him. Mm. How do you think he gets on Casemiro? Expect him to come through? Um, well, he's been very inactive. Zanani, I don't he, know what he's been doing, he's been yeah. very inactive and he's had a few injuries, I believe. So um, Casemiro is a serious fighter, man. Casemiro is a serious fighter and he's a rough, tough and game. Um, I don't know how it goes. I don't. I think it's going to be a real, real close, like 50-50 fight. Um, Casemiro is awkward. He's so small but so powerful and explosive. 
Tete's tall, but I don't think that phases Casemiro. He prefers to fight someone who's taller. Um, it's going to be a very interesting fight. I, I really wouldn't know who to go with. Um, my brother thinks um, Casemiro is going to beat him. And um, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I really wouldn't. He's a massive puncher and he's been active. He's had it hard. He's tough. He, I think when he had to vacate his title and that, he went off the rails a little bit, lost himself, and he's back and doing what he's doing. And um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how it's going to go. I'd like to see Casemiro do it, obviously, being a previous opponent. And me and Casemiro, my, my thing is, like, I've got to thank Casemiro for a lot of things because he taught me a lot and I wouldn't have got to where I was unless I had that fight. And we do sometimes stay in contact on, on Facebook and that, and, and we chat here and there. So uh, he's, he's a, he was a nice guy. He wasn't a nice guy on the night when he, when he chimed me, but he's a nice guy. And Tete, he's a lovely guy too. And like what he said, he was respectful in how he said it, and it is what it is, and I agree with him on it. Charlie, when I last spoke to you, you were very happy with your decision to vacate yeah. uh, your WBC flyweight title. Still feel comfortable about it, no regrets, whatever. No regrets whatsoever. In fact, it's the best thing I've done. I've moved, I, I, like now I've gone away from boxing for these last months and just been focusing on myself, resetting myself. My body's filled out. I'm, I'm walking around at like 63, 64 kilos, like, and I'm still in shape. Um, and it's just come to terms where I'm not a little boy no more. I'm, tw I'm 20, I'm 26. In 2016, when Casemiro beat me, I moved up to super flyweight because I was struggling for the weight then. I was two years up at super flyweight. I dropped down to, to make flyweight again for the opportunity. And um, this last year has really deteriorated me. And um, it's probably taken a few years off my career later on. So it's just going to show a lot of lessons that I need I need to let my body fill out and let me grow. And um, like my first fight's going to be back at Bantamweight. Charlie, oh, okay. okay. Uh, my first fight's going to be back at Bantamweight and then we're going to see see where whereabouts we go if, if it's down to super flyweight. But super flyweight's still going to be tough for me. I'm not no small, I'm, 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 I'm tall for the weight and as my body's filling out now, um, I'm getting stronger. And um, in, in training camps, I've always, always, when I'm in about four weeks out, when I'm up at like 57, 58 kilos, I'm sparring featherweights and I'm strong, real strong, like pushing them back and I've got a different aura about me. I feel fit, feel healthy. And then the last three weeks, I just slowly deteriorate. And then going into that gym every day with no energy and cutting back food, it, it's, it's, it took the enjoyment out of it. So moving up is going to be the best thing that I've done. Um, the sad thing is that I worked so hard to get a WBC world title, my biggest dream of this thing, and of course it was so sad having to give it up. But like I said in the fight, blessing in disguise, because no one knows except my team how bad I made that way. Mm. And like you can see, I think I was watching your iFilm stream of the weigh-in. Anyone who thinks I can make that weight or I, I'm not going back down to that weight just to dodge Martinez, go, go and look back at me and Martinez's weigh-in and see how bad I looked. My eyes were rolling back in the back of my head on the scales. It's like I was in survival mode. I can't really even remember the day, to be honest, and it was um, it did take a lot out of me. So my team knew how bad it was to make my weight, and I, my coach was gonna pull me out. So I was told after the fight, I was gonna pull out before the fight. Um, my coach was gonna pull, pull it and say, you're not fighting, but my um, my brother just said, listen, let him just wait till tomorrow, see if he comes round. I come back all right, but it still was, it still was a, a carcass of me, it wasn't me in, in there, so. Charlie, just lastly, let me get your take on uh, Julio Cesar Martinez boxing. Former opponent of yours, uh, Rosales, 
obviously WBC increased their threshold with the level of kombucha oil. We're not too sure about it. This is like this box, boxing's a corrupt sport. End of story. There's a lot more people probably out there on drugs than anyone even knows. There's, there's scientists all around that they actually employ and strip it out of them, mate. Boxing's a corrupt sport. It's a business. It's and that's what it's turned into. And that's not all I've got to tell you. I know he's a drug cheat. He probably knows he's a drug cheat, but. They come from a poor country like that, it is what it is. What it is. Okay, Charlie, I appreciate you giving me the answer on that one, anyways, and uh, look forward to your journey at Bantamweight. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I thought you were going to box at Superfly next, but. Uh, well, if the opportunity comes for a massive fight, it is, but I'm not. I'm going to establish myself now. It's time to. I want to get to a weight now where I can stay it and hold it for a good few years and become dominant at it. Not be a, a here for a little time and then have to mess like around. Like a yo yo. Yeah, up and down, up, down, up, down, and I'll. For, for, the, for like the, the mental side of boxing, it's the toughest side of boxing. And when you're gonna like, I have had to hold them light weights and that and destroy my happiness for a title, it's not worth it. A happy fight is a dangerous fire and it's time to find my actual weight. The tattoos have got better last time I saw it, they were fresh. They look like leather. Yeah, yeah, Cheers, yeah thank you. Good man. Thank you. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred and I'm John Boy Showtime, Sonny Edwards. Sonny, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all good, thanks. I'm doing all good. It's good to hear. Obviously, you're down here in Birmingham. You're from my, you're in my area now, I should say, uh, having your open workout ahead of your bout with Marcel Braithwaite for the British Super Flyweight title. Talk to me about how happy you finally are to get the chance to fight for a title. I know you've been keen to do. Yeah, I mean... Even though they mean a lot to me, you know, all the sort of the IBF, WBOs. Some people regard them, some people don't. Um, but, you know, the British title is one of the staple titles in British boxing. It is what a lot of kids look up to wanting. I know I did. Um, and I've made it no secret I've been trying to get the British title for ages now, man. And what seems like ages. I've been mandatory for like a year. You know, Tommy Frank pulled out of the, the first bids and whatnot. But, um, yeah, buzzing to be honest, that a British opponent, you know. Um, for some reason, when I booked Farag, it couldn't get made for it. I don't really know the ins and outs, but I think he got knocked back. Um, and yeah, here we are with, with Marcel. Obviously, last time out you fought a floor away, it seemed to be that you would possibly stick around there, but you had the ability to be able to move between floor and super floor. Why move back up to super floor for British title? Was that the only way that you could get your chance to fight for the title? Um, well, because I was mandatory at Superfly, I didn't really want to give that up. Um, and I was even when Thingy, uh, Tommy Frank, sort of turned the fight down, I was still mandatory. So when I went down to Flyweight, I got my world rankings at, at Flyweight. But that's because we'd given up on Superfly and we'd been, we were pushing on for world titles now at Fly. That's, that was the plan. And obviously this opportunity come, and it's a no-brainer at this stage of my career. Do you know what I mean? Um, I can bat some between you for the weights. Obviously, Superfly's a bit more comfortable. Superfly's very comfortable, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I enjoy making Superfly a little bit more. You know, on, on that, I don't struggle to make Flyweight, but obviously that last kilo and a half, it gets you sometimes. But 
just what I wanted, the British title. I didn't really care about the weight, but I was mandatory at Superfly because of the work I'd done at Superfly. Um, and yeah, and now obviously my stable mate Carl Yousaf is fighting my ex-opponent Ross Murray for the vacant British flyweight. So in a few months we could potentially have Lee McGregor won the bantamweight, I win the super flyweight and Carl win the flyweight and then we've got the three bottom weights and the British titles. I don't think that's happened all too many times, you know, one, one stable having three British titles at the same time. Let's just talk about Marcel, your opponent. What should we expect from him? What do you expect from him on fight night? I think he'll be game. I think he'll be trying to be tricky and moving a bit, but no, I mean, I'm not going to go chasing after him. I'm patient. We've got 12 rounds to enjoy each other's company. So I feel like he'll try something, do something different. Um, or maybe he's got in his head that he's so much physically stronger than me because I hear him saying, oh, he was always a couple of weights above me in the amateurs. Um, so maybe he'll just try to stick it on me. But... I feel like we've seen how all the Mexicans got dealt with and Ryan Farag doing that same approach. So I don't, I don't care to be honest. I'll worry about what I'm doing and, and everything I'll be doing is to sort of counteract what he's doing. You know what I mean? So I'll negate him, I, I, I think. And then I'll show that there's a clear level in class between us. You mentioned earlier in the interview that you was originally moving towards World Honours before this opportunity presented itself provided everything goes to plan on December 21st and you are successful and you pick up that British title, do you think you'd have difficulties in trying to maybe win it outright or would you look to move straight back down to, towards that world level, sorry, not back down, but back down to flow weight to move towards uh, world level again? I want to win the title outright. I want it forever. Do you know what I mean? If I go skin, I can sell it for 10 grand or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I want that title. Do you know what I mean? I, I do want that title. Being able to give that to my son or something would be... I wouldn't want to think about it, do you know what I mean? Um, but it's been hard enough getting an opponent for a vacant title, so who knows? But I know Marcel's getting paid very well for this. Um, and not because he's Marcel, but because he's fighting me. And that's a good stage now that my opponents are getting paid well, which means I should be able to get more of them, do you know what I mean? And, and there's only so many opportunities to be able to fight on a platform like BT. You don't have one being Sky. You only have two fighters at my weight being Charlie and, and Cal Yafai, former world champion, current world champion. So I'm the sort of... The, that little gatekeeper, I suppose. If anyone wants to fight, they've got to fight and they've got to see me. And it's going to be a small window of opportunity for these British fighters when I'm trying to defend this British title rapid. Um, within the next, say if I win it, I want to defend it three times within nine months, like every three months, like I've been boxing, boom, boom, boom. A couple weeks out, 10-week camp, a couple weeks out, 10-week camp. So um, the fight will get offered to a lot of people, whether they take it or not, is, is up to them. But then if I'm getting stalled, then... I'm not going to, you know, beat myself up over it. Like, so I've got a long career, Touchwood, hopefully, ahead of me. So I reckon I'll get it out right at some point. But um, if I can do it after winning it this year then and, and, and winning it outright next year, then so be it. If not, then I'll do what, the, what paths open up. Just to get a word in on your brother as well. Obviously, he's, he's decided to vacate his title because of his struggles to drop back down to floor weight when making weight. Since the bout with Julio Cesar Martinez, he came out that he tested positive for clenbuterol. He was above the threshold, uh, only a little bit. And then the WBC changed the threshold limit to being above the tested amount for Julio Cesar Martinez. What did you make of that entire situation when it came out? It's, it's a hard one because obviously the only reason what happened what happened is because he was on drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's... So Charlie would have knocked him out in the second round if he went on drugs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I'm joking. But um, 
you know, I don't know the truth. I, I just know that you've never found clenbuterol or winstrol or any other performance-enhancing drugs in my body or, or all drugs that I've done because I've never taken them. Um, and just because there's a little trace in a time of testing doesn't mean that there's been hasn't been a lot more at some stage. And, and that's all I believe. Um, and it's a bit mad, so... If I have a little bit of clenbuterol, is that all right? Because I'm, you know what I mean, it's a load of bollocks to me personally, and and I've always held quite a strong stance on on, on drugs cheats because something I'd never want to do. I don't want any advantage. That's that's not fair. Like go on a level playing field. Hopefully, who trains the hardest and and then who's better wins. But I don't know. I think that whole oh yeah, contaminating meat. But I, I don't know if this is like just. A fantasy story, but I thought Renoso's family was like butchers or something like that, and and oh, that, that's that's what I've heard. I don't know how true that is. Um, so I'm to do with that, and obviously he's in the same camp. So I don't know, but it's a bit bizarre. You know I mean, I mean, I feel like they'd have to eat a ton of whatever meat it is that to get any amount in their system because once they're all killed and chopped down, do you know what I mean? It seems a bit bizarre to me, but like I don't, I don't know the science behind it. Um, but we move, do you know what I mean? We move, and, and Charlie's moved on from that now. Um, and he's on his new venture now, of um, at his new weight, whatever weight that is. I don't even know, to be honest. He's been saying that to people, but he just throws curveballs in. He just throws curveballs all the time. He'll be saying he's back at flyweight next. <laughs> um, I feel like he... Look at the size of the kid. Like, he's in good shape now, and he's huge, man. Like, I'm sparring him next week. I'm not really looking forward to that, because he looks massive. Um, I'm usually heavier than he is, um, but yeah, I think bantamweight is probably better for him. You know, he was 52 kilos for years as an amateur, and and and, and he's big and he's always in good shape. Um, and that last fight was just for me one too many times making flyweight, and and he, and he was kind of dead on the scales. But like I said, we move and and we learn, and I mean he's happy in life. He's in a good place. He kept his world title, obviously, then vacated it, but. Never lost it in the ring, I suppose. You can always say that. Um, and it's just, a, it's just another page or chapter in, in, in his life. You know what I mean, there's been so many ups and downs in boxing, out of boxing. So, this is what it is, man. You've got to enjoy the journey, eh? With the good and bad, you know what I mean? And just a quick, quick couple of thoughts I'm just trying to get your thoughts on. Obviously, this past weekend, we saw Walder stop Luis Ortiz with a seventh round stoppage victory. Did you catch a vote? If so, what was your thoughts on it? Do you know what? I've been kind of like... I haven't really been watching all too much boxing, which is strange for me because I do watch a hell of a lot of boxing. I think the last fight I proper watched was KSI, Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen the knockout, and he's got some, he's got, he's got some power in those hands, and he. And I remember I was watching the first Ortiz Wilder fight, me Levi Kinsiona and and um, Sean Porter's dad, because there was over they were in the casino. There was over Kenny was over for. Who's the kid that Dave Allen boxed? That um, Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching it there, and um, we had a fucking like, two-hour chat with him, man. It was, that was lethal. Some experience that man. And um, but yeah, Ortiz was doing really well there. Nearly stopped him. And so I knew it was going to be a hard fight. And then Wilder was pretty much lost every round, to the best of my knowledge. And then done him with a big shot. Um, but yeah, like I've not watched all too much. And if you're going to ask me about Ryder Smith. I've only watched three rounds. I need to sit down and watch that because a lot of people are slating the decision. But I don't know. I don't know about that one either.
Well, the final thing I was going to move on to is next weekend, the, another big heavyweight clash, Ruiz Joshua 2 in Saudi Arabia. Sonny, your thoughts on it? Break down the thought for me. How do you see it going? It's a hard one, man, because my heart, like, AJ has is, is, been good to me. I've now I've trained with him and, and I've been around him um, and he's such a nice bloke. And obviously I want him to win. Um, you'd be stupid to be like, oh, AJ's 100% going to win after what happened last time. But if they've made the right adjustments, then I believe he is still a better fighter than Ruiz. Um, I think he just caught him a bit off guard, maybe let it slip a little bit, you know. Um, remember, he, he had Ruiz hurt just before he got hurt. It's just in heavyweight boxing, that's, that's what it is, you know what I mean? You don't always have to be technically better. Get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then, Jesus, the rest of the fight, that's it. Um, I think AJ definitely can do it. I just want to see in the first round how much the little adjustments are made. Um, and, and, and I'm hoping and, and praying that he does does do it. But then again, Ruiz, he's a nice bloke as well, do you know what I mean? So, I don't know him. Um, but it's one of them ones that I can't really give too much of an insight on because I know my heart's saying one thing, but then my head's saying, well, there's reasons why he got beat the first time. And I think that's just sport in general. But he's got a great team around him. Scientific and technical, like... He's got like the best surroundings that any British boxer probably has ever had, you know, the team he's got and uh, the support and nutritionist, the strength and conditioning. So he's got as good a chance as any. And I don't like these people saying, oh, if he loses, that's it, he should retire, he's over. Because he'll still make a hell of a lot of money being Andy Joshua and fighting, do you know what I mean? And, and he's still got a lot to give. People lose sometimes, do you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. Well, Sonny Edwards, we will leave it there because I know we've got people waiting to speak to you. So I appreciate your time now. Hope you have a safe journey back up north to Sheffield. Appreciate your time, like I say. Thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Social. No, no, thank you, everyone. Awesome. Cheers, Sonny. Catch you soon. Dillian, late confirmation of your fight in Saudi Arabia. How much are you looking forward to getting back out there, putting a frustrating few months behind you? I'm always looking forward to getting to the ring, man. You know, um, you know, I, just, I can't wait to get in there and do my thing. And it's late confirmation, you say, but I have been training. You know, obviously, you know, I've been taking after, looking after myself. That's what's one thing a bit I've adapted the last few years is not just train for fights, trying to stay in training all the time because we need a top heavyweight. The phone can ring sometimes. You know, if you if you're already in shape, already in the gym, you can just you know you can consider it. But oh, you know, I'll be ready for that. So you fight fit. You've been training. But Marius Wack is the opponent. How much have you been kind of gearing your training towards him and when did you first become aware that he was going to be your opponent? Um, not, not long ago to be honest, probably roughly about the same time as you guys was, um, you know, but, but I've been training, I've had a couple of tall guys in um, last week, done a couple of days of um, sparring with some tall guys. I've been sparring with Richard as well, Richard's 6'6", you know what I mean, and he's sharp, you know, he's fast, quick. So I've been sparring with him and sparring Tom Little as well, sparring um, George Fox, done Charles' son, who's at 6'8". You know, I'm a quick guy, young and full of life. And um, I've got a few other guys who I've been sparring as well. So, yeah, yeah, I feel good, man. And um, I can't wait to get in the ring, man. It's been a minute. So you're coming off the back of victories over Parker, Chisora and Rivas. Does this represent a bit of a step down in quality compared to those guys? No way. Marius works a top operator. Listen, Klitschko couldn't stop him. You know, the guy is tough. The guy, he's got the best chin of anyone I fought. You know, I mean, the tough guy. He's very experienced. He knows to look up their self. Way more experience than me, I mean, way more amateur fights than me. You know, he's fought for a real title and stuff. I haven't, you know what I mean? So, and he's not, it's not like he's not over the hill, you know what I mean? And he'll be motivated because he's got a chance to arrive back in the, in the big time if he beats me. So, 
He doesn't be motivated. He doesn't be psyched up, and he's gonna come to fight. Are there any worries about motivation for you going into this fight? Because normally there's a big build-up. It's a big name that people are very excited about. Whereas this is sort of come out the blue for a lot of us. What's the motivation like for you? For me, I don't need motivation to fight, man. You know, I'm a fighter by nature. You know, I'm, I'm a fighter by nature. I'm always ready to go to be honest. And um, you know, I, um, I'm, I, I'm enjoying my boxing. I'm enjoying. I enjoy the training. I enjoy boxing. I enjoy getting in there and sparring, you know, and getting, it was good to get confirmation, get in there and have that buzz and get a little bit of sharpness and stuff, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy my job, man, so motivation for me, I've been fighting since I was a kid, I've, I've, that's just one thing, one of the few things I do do well is fighting, you know, so for me, motivation is to get in there and punch someone in the face is not really, I think I need to psych myself up for, to be honest. Looking forward to, uh Getting out to Saudi Arabia, it's a place if you've ever been before? No, 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 no. But it's a nice place, you know, we know we know some people there, between me and my team, you know, we, we know a lot of people around the world and stuff, so it's a good place, you know what I mean? Just go and just go and do my job, you know, and just do what I gotta do. Whether it's all to Saudi Arabia, America, wherever, just just go and do my job. You know, it'll be the same ring but it's in a different place. I'd be surprised if it's the same ring from O2 they end up bringing there. If Matt Goodall's got anything to do, it might be the same ring. You know, so it's just, just a different place, a bit hotter, you know, that's all it is, man. Go and do my job, man. Three belts on the line in the main event in Saudi Arabia. Possibility when that happens, mandatories will get called and then the belts could start being fractured. Yeah. Is the plan for you to sort of be like Johnny on the spot next year, ready for whatever opportunities come up? I've been ready for a real title fight for a minute, so if it comes up, it comes up, you know what I mean? I admit I'm WBC um, interim world champion, you know, so... You know, I, I, we've been focusing on that, but if the opportunity comes to the fight for a belt, it does, you know what I mean? But obviously, I'm interim WBC world champion, and I, and, 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 um, I class myself as a world champion, and, and that's what I believe. And, um, you know, if, if, a big, if another title comes up, then so be it. But at the minute, I am WBC world champion. WBC champion grabbed the headlines this week with a big knockout win over Luis Ortiz. What did you make of that performance, and most importantly, the stoppage? It was a good fight, you know, listen. Um, we know Deontay Wilder carries power, you know, it's, it's, it's no surprise. But Luis Ortiz was boxing, r rings around him, then he just sort of just, out of nowhere, his age just showed up. Out of nowhere, you know, boxing's a funny sport, you know. Ever sport, when you get old, you can kid your way through it because you've got teammates and everything. But boxing, you know, we see it time and time again, good fighters just get old overnight. They just, you know, and Luis Ortiz is boxing good and then he, he just switches off. You know, I don't understand how you go from being so switched on, so alert, so defensively sound and so offensively sound and then just, it's a basic thing. Someone has had 500 amateur fights, the basic thing, while they touch him with a jab, touch him with a jab, touch him, touch him and he stayed in the same place. I don't understand, you know. So do you think how spectacular the finish was, is giving Wilder maybe a little bit more credit than, than he deserves for this win? Well, um, it's a good listen. I don't like Deontay Wilder anyway, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask to give him um, any credit, to be honest, because he sucks. You know, he's been keeping me waiting for forever, for years and top of years now. But, listen, he done his thing, you know, he knocked out a 40, a 50-year-old man. What can you say about it, you know? You can't jump and scream about it. Everyone knows he's got knockout power, but the, what, what was interesting for me is the way Lewis Ortiz controlled the whole of the, the early rounds and was up on the scorecards and then when the scorecards revealed they had Luis Ortiz down. That's what was more shocking to me than the knockout. I don't know what fight they were watching.
you might not like him, but some are calling him this week the hardest hitting heavyweight of all time. What do you reckon? You can see why people say that, you know, I mean, obviously, he fought 41 tomato cans and knock him all out. So if I fought the same, if I fought, fought, if I fought the same people he fought, I'd probably have 100% knockout ratio as well, you know what I mean? He fought two top 10 in a million years. You know what I mean? He ain't fought no top contenders. Everyone's the Luis Ortiz, this, that. Luis Ortiz's best win is Malik Scott and Brian Jennings. What, a thousand years ago when he was in his 20s. You know, now he's 60, so that, that explains, you know. Who's the hardest hitter in this room right now? I don't know. I, I, I don't so for him to be any hard hitter, man. I'm just a grafter. You know, I don't, you know I'm don't. i not one of them guys that go around and say, I'm this and the other. I'm just a grafter, man. It's a, you know, simple grafter. Just do my thing, man. Thanks a lot, Bill. Safe travels. Cheers. Respect.